Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. We've been apart for a week and Steve is destroying the place because he's a klutzy guy. What the fuck? All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, welcome home. It's good to see you, man. We got to hang out a bit this weekend. It was nice. But uh, you got to travel a bit last week, if you want to go into that at all. Yeah, just uh, I went to Qatar, which is a really interesting place. And if you get a chance to... Uh, if you ever get a chance to travel there, I would I would strongly suggest it. Very hospitable, um, just uh, amazing architecture, um, amazing views. There's some some old, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, uh, uh, you know, Islam architecture <laughs> there. But then there's also you know like some really brand new structures as well. Um, and you know, the food was amazing, and it, like everything about it was a really eye-opening experience um you know having having that been my my first time in the middle east so you know you ever get a chance to fly into doha qatar um and and stay there uh definitely and you know swim in the persian gulf i strongly suggest it <laughs> swim in the persian gulf is an expression that uh, doesn't usually said, fly off but, yeah right, right exactly it's a but i'm guessing this per- persian gulf was really warm yeah, yeah. I mean, temperatures in the hundreds, um, you know, and, and, you know, people want to, you know, uh, discern between, oh, hum- hum- dry heat and humid, like, motherfucker, anything over 100 degrees is hot. <laughs> like, I mean, hot. I mean, like, no, it wasn't humid, but, like, if you stood out in the sun for any extended period of time, you could literally feel your skin burning. So, I mean, like, no, it wasn't humid, but it was still very hot. And so you had to find shade uh, very quickly. Understood. Um, anyway, cool. Glad you got home. I can't imagine what the flight was like. I've I've done a few, you know, you know transatlantic flights, and it's it's a long time on a plane. So I'm yeah, sure. I mean the flights are long, um, but again, Qatar Airways, um, kudos to them because it was a very comfortable flight. Um, I upgraded to the premium economy seats, and I'm glad I did that. Uh, just more space, more legroom, um, but. You know, very, very comfortable. The food actually wasn't bad. Uh, you get two meals on the flight, and the food wasn't bad on the flight. Um, you know, good selection of movies, but, you know, per usual, I slept most <laughs> of the flight because that's just what I do on planes. Um, Which I'm incredibly jealous of because I cannot yeah. sleep on planes. All right, man. Um, while you were gone, mm-hmm. our buddy Louis Gomert expressed some concerns about the way the world is these days. He said it's... A shame that if you're a Republican, you can't lie to Congress or the FBI without them coming after you. Yeah, I, I so so <laughs> to now, say that out loud. No, no, mind you, this this follows uh, where Gomert, um, you know, yelled at Democrats on the on the uh, on the floor and uh, about like every city that the Democrats run is you know overrun with gun violence and you know and and look. That's a trope that's used by Republicans often, but it is also something that the Democrats have to own, right? Like sure. Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Detroit, Baltimore. Yeah, like they all they all suck, right? Like I mean, we we live in them, and we're just like, yeah, it's nice here, and you know, for us, we can legitimately say, you know, a big reason why we're here is because the cost of living, and you know, you can live very comfortably 
on, you know, a, a salary making $70,000 $70, a year where, you know, $70,000 a year in, in D.C. or Chicago doesn't, you know, New right. York doesn't get you You're very scraping. far. Um, so, uh, but still, like, most of the Detroit, Philly, I mean, like, they're all, like, they all have these, these you know, really bad crime issues. Um you know, just not just, you know, petty crime, you know, just violent crime, um, you know, depressed wages and, you know, just housing market, all that other stuff. So that's a reality. But at the same time, Louis, Louis Gohmert following up that rant with, you know, it's a damn shame that Republicans can't get away with anything, including lying to Congress or lying to the FBI. And he said it on TV. Right, I right. think it was, it was on, on Fox. It, no, I think it was Newsmax, okay, or something like that. But I mean, like, Even mind better. you, this guy—he's—you're on TV, you're being recorded. You can't say he was taken out of context, right? You can't even like you can't say that he was being sarcastic, right? Like, I mean, like you saw it live. Like even the people that are interviewing him, you know, tried to save him and he wouldn't let them. Right. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's just look. I we're just getting you know a few months back. I I, I remember saying. Like, I'm curious to see how far Republicans are going to take it by by saying just whatever the fuck they want to say, right? I mean, in you know, in the in the way I said it was in the context of race. Like, eventually, like they're just going to come out and say we don't like black people, right? Like, I feel like it's only a matter of time before they come out and say it. Um, but like Louis Gomer takes it to a whole nother level. Like, well, why can't why why can't we lie to Congress or to the FBI? Without all this hullabaloo. This persecution. Right. Like, and that's the funny thing. He's treating it like it's persecution. Like, all we want to do is be dishonest in front of organizations that you can be criminally charged with being dishonest in front of, and they won't let it happen. Right. But we're the party of truth. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and he didn't even say it as if, I guess even if, I should say, even if he meant it as if, well, the Democrats can do it and we can't, that's bullshit. Like, it, it, the fact that you're saying that at all, whether whoever gets away with it or not, like, it, it just like it's just money or words that shouldn't be coming out of a, a representative's mouth. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, just... and that's that's a bigger picture thing, right? Because we we talk about this, we've talked about it a bunch of times, we interact with um, um, Whiskey Ben and, and, and other folks. These people are actually responsible for writing and instituting laws. Louis Gohmert is a member of Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene just talked, went on this psychotic rant about how Bill Gates wants to make us eat meat that comes out of a peach tree dish. She said peach tree dish. Now, I don't want to be the, well, I don't mind being, but I'm about to be the pylon, are you fucking kidding me, guy. She said peach tree dish. Uh, so, she's a fucking moron. Look, and she's in Congress and okay. is about to get reelected. So, my issue, like, so, yeah, she, so, it's clear that she doesn't know a lot of words, right? <laughs> um, like, just, like, she just butchers words left and, like, like, now it's just kind of like a thing. But, aside from the peach tree, just, it's everything that she was saying, right? Like, so, she's, like, I saw the video where she says this. It looks like she's just in her basement or in a closet or something with a table, and she's flipping random papers over saying how Bill Gates... 
uh, is making fake meat that they're going to force us to eat, and it's going to tell us how often we poop, and then and then they're going to yes, know. It, it was a psychotic, right? Because the government wants to know how often you poop. Like I, it's just, it, it was a really bizarre sort of rant, and then she, you know, makes it even worse with this whole her not knowing the difference between a petri and a peach tree dish. Like, and she clearly enunciated peach tree she did. dish. She did. This which is not it's just like, oh boy. mumbled word. It was like, you said these things out right. loud. She's purpose. like, well, you know, in Georgia, we call them peach tree dishes because we're the peach state or whatever. I don't right. I don't know how just, she would try to explain that. But, um, but again, just going back to who we've elected, you know, to represent us in Congress with people like Louis Gohmert and Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, it, you know, people talk about, you know, healing and, and bipartisanship and, and, you know, healing the divide or whatever, but like you can't with people just this completely ignorant um, and, you know, like having a platform, right? I mean, because, and, and the thing that is, I guess, is the most disturbing, like we've always known that you had idiots like that, like this out there. Like that's, that's not the surprise. The surprise is the number of people that are willing to back them and support them, um, you know, in, in government, right? Like people who are like happy that they're there, the people that are rooting for them to be successful in whatever their plan is. I mean, and that's the other thing with the GOP, like they don't, like they literally do not have any policy at all that they stand on other than just, you know, being anti-democrat you know, anti-left, anti-woke. Like, that's their whole, that's literally their whole platform at this point. Like, it's not anything that we're going to do to fix all these problems that we like to point about, like, you know, everything that we want to blame Joe Biden for or, you know, everything that we want to blame AOC for or whatever because, it, you know, like, they just go through the same names over and over again. Nope, it's just, like, whatever they do, we're going to do the opposite of. And then when it's our turn, we're going to bitch about what they did and then we're not going to do anything, and then the cycle continues. You know, we've we've been back and forth about how um, you know what's going to happen in twenty twenty two. Will there be a flip of the house? Will there be a flip of the senate? And you've said, and, and others have said that I'm out of my mind for um, believing that it's not going to be a complete red wave. I'm leaning more and more towards my comfort zone and saying there's going to be a, what usually happens in midterm elections is lack of turnout. And I think the psychotic shit, like we're talking about with Louis Gohmert and Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to fuel turnout. For who? For the Democrats. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I, I, I'm, maybe I'm pissing the wind. Maybe I'm being overly, Hopeful. No, I mean, there's, I mean, there's plenty of data to show that you're wrong, and there's plenty of data to show historical that, data. No, no, no. I mean, like active polling data of people who are going to turn out to vote right now. Um, like it's, it's right there. It's staring Democrats in the face, and those that are being honest with themselves and paying attention, they know what's coming, and it's not good. Um, there are people out there selling a giant pile of bullshit about how motivated. Um, and, you know, willing to push back the Democratic Party is, but there's not a single shred of data that supports that that's objective. It's just not. Let's talk talk in November. I mean, it's, I mean, you're, like, we can do that, but you're you're basing yours off of a gut feeling, 
And I'm just looking at actual numbers. So, I mean, if you, you can put those two things up together. Well, it just well, doesn't I mean, go we, well. We, we, we can argue about this all you want, but what, number, what, what numbers? Where, like, like, the numbers don't matter until they matter, right? Until okay, we get to that's November. a really ridiculous statement, but okay. <laughs> the no, numbers no, don't no, matter no, until they, they matter? Yes, I mean, yes, like, yes. Like, literally, until November of 2022, we don't know what's going to happen. Okay, sure. You're right. All right. I mean, I, no, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen in the future. But like right now, your numbers are telling you that you, 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 people aren't as excited about this as you want. Like you have people, you have to think about factors. It's the same factors that have been there for the last couple of years. You're coming off of a pandemic. Uh, your economy is under a lot of pressure. Um, you've got a war going on. Um, uh, across you know across the sea with sure. Ukraine and Russia, but then you also have your this own domestic sort of battle that's happening. And while it seems like in theory that that would motivate people to vote, like we have already proven that we're not a really emotionally strong country, and people aren't like you know getting on their fighting shoes. They're literally curling up in balls and sitting in their house and watching Netflix and trying to Netflix and you know eat Ben and Jerry it away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and say that the numbers, you know, don't matter till November and that, you know, people are highly motivated and that abortion is going to drive turnout. Abortion's not driving turnout. You don't think so? No, not at all. Because the people who are for it and the people who are against it, like, they're, like it didn't move anybody. Like, all, all those conservative women who are for abortion rights, like, if they really gave a shit about abortion, like, they would have been way more aggressive towards it a while ago. Right now... They one they know they feel that it's probably too late, and two those women aren't nearly as bold as you think they are, right? They have let you down before, and they're going to let you down again because they're not they're not going to shift their stance now that the Supreme Court has already decided that they're repealing abortion rights, right? Like so they're like th this isn't going to flip anyone, um, and that you know like again that's proving out in the polling now if you want to say you don't trust the polling all of a sudden then okay that's fine um but like you're you, like the the what you're saying is a motivating factor to get people out to, to turn out um on the democratic side i think you will see increased turnout but you're going to see also increased turnout on the conservative side um you know because they they are highly motivated right especially like that like they're highly motivated because they they feel that everything that the Democrats is doing, anything that the Democrats want to do is an attack on on norms and everything else. And they've tapped into a way to mobilize where they haven't had that ability in the past. And, the, and like literally the two parties have flipped roles in their ability to mobilize. Democrats used to be really good at it. Now they've fallen off and the Republicans have found the, the, the right frequency to tap into that, and I just think that you're going to see increased turnout, but it's going to be on the conservative side, and it's not going to bode well for Democrats. Well, all right. Well, we'll obviously be talking about this for the next six months or whatever. Um, I, I mean, the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene can get nominated to run again in any district where a Democrat has no chance, right? So she is going to be a second-term congresswoman Come November. I mean, there's a guy running against her. I want to. I want to say. I think his name is Marcus Flowers, um, who 
I, it's hard to say. I don't know what sort of backing he's ha- he has. I'm not in Georgia, um, and I don't know. I don't know anyone in Georgia or Atlanta that could give me a real read on how he's doing. Um, he like he seems like he would be a good candidate. He seems like somebody that uh, people down south could buy into, even though he's a Democrat. Um, but I just I don't know. So I I, I just agree with you. I think she's going to get reelected. Um, which is just unbelievable. Isn't it? Is it amazing? I mean, like, you the, know, one thing you've said multiple times is we see people in Congress and go, they must be smart. And we can't, there's no way that that's true anymore. Right. Like, I mean, I think I, there's accurate. just, I can't, I, I can't imagine that anyone looks at any of these people, right. And has that same reverence that they had about them even five years ago. You know, I mean, I, th- I think that so many of these people have exposed themselves as spineless, power-hungry, um, you know, just whatever. Dipshits. Yeah. Right. You're, I you're, mean, if you're not yeah, going to say dipshits, for lack of a fine. better word. Dipshits. And, and I think across the board, right? I mean, you, whether you're Nancy Pelosi or or Susan Collins, I mean, I think a few people, even, even you know, people want to talk about Liz Cheney and, you know, very brave of her now. But, you know, where was this the last, I don't know, your entire political career? So, I mean, I think now like the, the mask is off for all of these people. And I think we've gone the complete opposite direction where it's just like not only do we have no reverence for these people, we're willing to throw any idiot in who says the things that we want to hear. You know, I think it's worse, though, Steve. I think people hearing morons saying moronic things makes people feel better. Marjorie Taylor Greene can say stupid shit and be like, yeah, I believe that nonsense. I'm like, okay. But I mean, I, I think, but yeah, again, I just, I think that we have what's driving this and maybe, and I, I don't know, there's an argument. Oh, we are saying the same thing. I don't know. Well, no, I'm saying what's driving it is, you know, you have these people that are appealing to the lowest common denominator um, and they're going out of their way to appeal to that particular crowd, sure. right? Like now, sure. it's just that's the only, you know, that that's the only target of of their their, their marketing strategy. It's their badge really, of honor, it's a, right? It's just like how how ridiculous, how how basic, and uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, racist or you know, sexist or misogynistic or you know, all the isms. You know how how gross can I get? you know, to get this group of people to support me. And they've completely bypassed, you know, any sort of centrist ideals. They've bypassed any sort of, you know, uh, um, statesman or, or um, you know, gentlemanly yeah, yeah. or like just civility. Just all of that shit is completely out of the window. And now it's just we want to attract the bottom feeders because there's so many more of them. And, and they're right, right? Like there's just so many more that if you can appeal to that crowd, then you don't need these people, even though these people at the top will, you know, hit you with all their degrees and they'll tell you that you're saying words wrong and you didn't spell this word right on Twitter. That's fine, but I still have, you know, that's, you know, 10 of you and I've got a thousand idiots here to support me. So you can sit there and criticize me on my grammar, but I got you by the numbers. And that's, that's, that unfortunately is driving our politics. Right. And, and it need, there needs to be some sort of a balance. Right. Like, I mean, we need fewer fucking grammar Nazis and more people who understand policy. Um, but then at the same time, we don't need, you know, people who 
don't give a fuck about history or understanding processes driving our political democratic um, uh, uh, system. And so now we're stuck where that's what's happening and, and we're paying a price for it. I wish I could argue with you. <laughs> I mean, my, my lack of faith in our system and in the world has taken, uh, just been a real kick in the nuts in the last month or two. And maybe it's because I've been on the road a lot, so I'm not you know, paying attention you, to things the way you, I normally do. And here's um, the thing, um, here's the thing that struck me. You know, I talked about, you know, being in Qatar. Right. And what was really, really sort of depressing while I was there is what images of the U.S. that these people see and then how they use that to sort of like depict us and, and, and frame us. Right, and so the people over there, all they saw, like the, everyone over there, talked about how they love Trump, which blew my mind. Right, really? because okay. Trump, you know, Trump said some pretty shitty things about Muslims in general, right? But they didn't love him because they thought he was a good president or a good leader. They were just entertained by him. Right? They're just like that dude's so crazy. He said the dumbest things, and he like led the country, and and he they literally compared him. They did they, like now, mind you. This is this is people from Qatar. Like most of the people listening to the show probably can't even find Qatar on a map, um, just because it's not that well known. But you're about to know it because it's where the World Cup is. So right, uh, which got invited back for, and although I would love to go, I just don't know if I'll be able to afford it. Um, but the people there, right? Multiple people there, literally saw Trump as like this caricature that they thought that they were humored by, that they were entertained by, comparing him to the WWE and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, and, these, guys, like, and these guys, at one point, are, we actually watched a WWE video where Steve Austin drove a beer truck into an arena and was like yelling at The Rock because they thought it was hilarious and they literally were just like equated that to the US, right? You know, so they have Trump, they've got Steve Austin, and then they watch rap videos they literally watched, like, we, you know, and these, some of the people we were dealing with were younger, and they're literally watching, like, rap videos asking me, a black guy, if, like, hey, is that your weekend? Like, no, <laughs> my weekend is not rolling around in a Rolls Royce with, you know, shirtless with, with, with two girls shaking their ass on my face. I'm not opposed to it, but that is not my life. Like, you, you, like, no, that's not, not my life, unfortunately. Right. I mean, life. you're not going to come to Cleveland and just see me rolling around in the, in the drop-top rolls uh, hanging out every weekend. Um, but that's literally like how they view us as a country, right? Just ridiculous statements by Donald Trump, WWE and rap videos. And that is America. Um, uh, and that, that's a, that's a frustrating thing. So then when you see, when you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Donald Trump or Matt Gates or these people who have a platform, it now all becomes so much more real that that message is getting out around the world and that that's what people are seeing, right? Because it is the loudest. Even though, even if you want to argue that there's only a few um, of them, like they, they still have this very large platform. They're very loud, and people around the world are hearing them, um, and, and that's what we're up against. I could be, could be getting the numbers wrong, but I believe there are 438 members of Congress, and most of us can name 10 or fewer. Right. And, I mean, and, and, and those 10 are the most heard Right, you meant you know Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, AOC, they get heard, and it's become a celebrity position, which 
I'm going to fall on the side of AOC on most issues, but they become celebrity voices and, and, and Nancy Pelosi being uh, the, um, you know, the leader gets to get heard yeah. way more than, you know, there's, <laughs> there's Congress. Well, Louis Gomer jumps out as like, he can just say what he says and skate free. But, um, the stupidity that comes out of some of these folks and the lack of pushback is a real problem. Right. And so, you know, so speaking of the lack of pushback, um, uh, and I'm, I'm going to connect this, but so Ron DeSantis down in Florida, you know, who we've talked about, I've said my, my piece on You know that. what? You haven't said as much on air. We've talked a lot off air. Yeah. And I've followed up and looked into Ron DeSantis. So go with it. But he is a dangerous guy. Thank you. Finally, somebody's starting to see it. But so Ron, Ron DeSantis vetoed um, a Tampa Bay's, the baseball team's practice facility um, recently, he, he vetoed out the money for their for their practice facility to be built because they tweeted a uh, tweet in support of gun control, right after the shooting in Buffalo and Uvalde. Uh, he he you know tweets they tweeted something out. So Ron DeSantis uh, vetoed their practice facility being built and confirmed that no, I didn't cut it because we needed to save money. I cut it because they put out something that I didn't like. Uh, didn't align with me politically, and he's literally wielding his power um, against you know anyone who literally says something that he disagrees with politically. Um, he's using his power as governor to impact them, right? I mean, and, and this directly kind of impedes on their First Amendment rights uh, to free speech. Uh, and the question is, will they will they actually push back on him and challenge him? Uh, and then what will he do? And and I think, though, where this connects is Ron DeSantis saw what Trump was able to do, right? Trump was able to say and do things, um, and literally there were no repercussions, right? They, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he got impeached a couple times, but in the end, it was just time, and it didn't really cost him anything, and Trump was able to continue to make money outside of the White House, um, he was able to, you know, say these offensive things and, and, you know, kiss up to Putin and do all these things and, and go out and rub elbows with Kim Jong-il and literally had no direct negative effect on Trump at all. Like there were just no repercussions for his actions. So Ron DeSantis sees or saw the path, right, that he wanted to, wanted to take, right? He, what he saw was, all right, Trump is an idiot and he did all these things and, there was there, there was literally no there was no punishment for it whatsoever, so DeSantis is like I'm gonna do it, but only I'm just gonna do it better, right? So you know what Disney, you say something I don't like, bam, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know remove your status. Uh, oh Tampa Bay, you tweeted out something I don't like, bam, you're not gonna get your funding, right? And he's going to carry this as his model, right, into his campaign to run for the White House, right? And I guarantee you, it's gonna get to a point where. You know, Trump's going to feel that he should be the anointed one. And Ron DeSantis is going to be like, you know what? Because DeSantis is going to turn on Trump and, you know, point out that he's a buffoon, point out that, you know, like he, he knows nothing about anything, really, right? About And he's going to point out the money that he's lost and everything else. And DeSantis is going to go back, point to money that he's made for the state of Florida. Um, some of it will be true. I'm sure a lot of it will be bullshit. Um, he's going to be able to point to the fact that he you know, didn't back down from Disney and that, you know, the major league 
you know, baseball wants to come in and tell him how he's going to spend his money. And they said something he don't want, he didn't like, so he gets rid of it. Um, he's going to carry that and he's going to use it to campaign. And listen, I could easily see the MAGA crowd shifting away from Trump because they're not that enamored with him at this point anyway, except for a few diehards. And they could see Ron DeSantis as a leader of the party and they could run with it. And then he's going to carry this same sort of, of, you know, vengeance into the White House and use that as the president of the United States. And he's going to get away with it because the Democrats have proven they can't do shit. How are you going to stop them? I, so after our conversation, like I said, most of it was uh, just you and I talking. I've verified everything you said. And like, this guy's very educated. He's very ingrained in the military, right? He was a JAG, um, Judge Advocate General. Yeah. You know, whatever. Did you see for who? What do you mean? Did you see, like, so that's, a, like, people, like, you got to pay attention to the details. Yeah, he was he was JAG, so JAG means you're judge, judge Advocate General, means you're an attorney in the military. But he wasn't just a JAG, you know, just just a guy, right? In football, that's what they call just a guy, a JAG. But okay. um, he wasn't just a guy. He wasn't just any military lawyer. Like, his job, he was specifically with... SEAL Team Five or Four uh, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and so what? What did the the JAG officer for these the um, the various t- like special forces teams does is literally like he looks at their mission and sort of maps it out, right? Like if it could go wrong, if it could go right, and then what are the international legal repercussions for all the various scenarios, right? And he plays it out, and he helps them plan it, and he helps them to figure out how to manipulate or he helps like the overall team, you know, how to manipulate the government to get, you know, the certain access that they need. Like, they, like he's got a very integral part into what their mission is. So like he's taking that and he's literally using it to wield power in the United States. And right now, Florida is his testing ground. And he's, he's assuming that he's going to be able to get to a point where he's president of the United States. And then at that point, we, he, he would have already basically tested out his how he's going to do this in the state of Florida, which is what he's doing right now. And then he's going to bring that to the office of the president of the United States. Um, and if that's not scary and terrifying, then I, I, I don't know what the fuck else is. Right. I mean, like you've got a guy who's who's trained in fucking toppling government. So now he's going to say, fuck it, I'm going to topple this one. And I mean, I could easily like Trump joked around with trying to figure out how to keep himself in office. I don't think Ron DeSantis would joke around with that. I think Ron DeSantis would take a page right out of Putin's playbook and put himself and make basically make himself whatever you want to call Putin. Right. Right. Uh, He made himself the he couldn't be president anymore. So he became prime prime minister minister and then basically owned the president. I think you were ahead of the curve. On this issue, and I, I'm very concerned that you're 100 right. That DeSantis is that reactionary, that aggressive, that smart, and that's where that's where I. I mean, as much as I get called, you know, you've got TDS, you can like I've acknowledged I cannot stand Donald Trump. I think he's a douchebag, and I've said but, it for years. But DeSantis is smart. Trump is not. Trump. 
Trump is a buffoon that wants to be seen as smart and wants to be praised and acknowledged. DeSantis is playing a role of a buffoon, but he's not. He doesn't care whether he gets praise or not. Right? Like he, People say that he wants a spotlight. I, this isn't about spotlight. No, you've called me out on this, and I dug into it this week. I'm like, holy shit, you're, you're on. <laughs> he's, yeah. He is a scary guy who I, I don't get how smart people think the way he does. But they do exist, and they're there, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I mean, it's just it's something it's something to watch out for, right? I mean, and you know, he's the Florida governor, so neither of us have the ability to vote in Florida. Um, but if you're down there, you know, I mean, the, the you know, if he's I, and I I don't know if he's running for governor um, this year. Like if he, like, I don't know when his when he's got to run, but I actually I do think I actually I think he is up. I think he is running. Um, he's I think there's a Democratic challenger. Um, so anyway, just keep that in mind. Um, I do want to get into the actual. You know, we talked about Tampa Rays tweeting something out about gun control, which set off Ron DeSantis. Um, the the Uvalde shooting at Rob Elementary. You know, I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but just obviously. Un, unbearably sad. Um, just, yeah. just amazing. And I, I know you guys talked about it last week, but it just, it just broke my heart um, that all those kids died. Um, and and I, like, I always say, you blame the shooter, right? Like people want to politicize it about the guns and every, but you blame the shooter. Um, you know, and in and, and in this one, it's I, there's plenty of blame to go around. Um, and a lot of it rests with the police here. Um, you know, just th- th- that this this instance, um, the police did not do their job. It's on tape. We've seen it. Officers stand, like you can hear gunfire in video and you see cops with AR-15s, with flak vests on, vests on, just standing there. Right? Do you hear gun? There, there's gunshots. Listen, let me explain this. I don't care what... The policy is, I don't care what your orders are. I do not care. If there, if you hear gunshots near children, you run towards the gunfire. Period. You hear gunshots near kids. You, as an officer of the law, you, as a parent, you, as a decent fucking human, run towards the gunfire and save the kids. Fuck it. Fire me. Ban me for life from being a police officer, but I'll be damned if I stand there and hold people back while people while a guy is putting bullets in children. I don't give a fuck about your gun argument. I don't. What I give a fuck about is that those men stood there and literally physically held parents back from trying to go in and save their kid. Understand this. If you think you're a cop and you're going to be able to stop me from saving my daughter, I will put a round in your fucking head myself and I will go get my kid. You will never stop me from saving my kid. And the fact that they did this, every single one of them should be fired and never allowed to work in law enforcement again and never allowed to touch a gun again. Because if you in that moment can't be the person, the human that you need to be to save children, I cannot have you anywhere near, anywhere near a gun. Because you had your opportunity to be a fucking hero and you were the exact opposite. You were the villain. Every one of those cops, the police, everyone who showed up and didn't do anything, who didn't run into that school, who did not stop until he got in, 
to stop the fucking carnage that was going on there should not be a police officer again. Shut the whole fucking police department down for all I give a fuck. I don't. Like, that. that's just what should happen. They held a woman back, and she fought them, and she finally was able to get into a school, get into the school. She saved her two sons. She tried to figure out a way to save other kids, and she, she comes back. And so then after all of this, she speaks to the media, and the Uvalde police said if she didn't stop talking to the media, that they would hit her with a probation violation from a crime from 10 years ago. I mean, that's gross. Shut that's the whole that's fucking thing. That's shut that's the whole fucking thing down. And if, if people want to say, oh, but what about crime? They had a crime, and they didn't do a goddamn thing to stop it. So clearly, you can be fine with, well, you're better off without them. Shut the whole fucking thing down. That's a, that, that is a flip from things you said before, but this is an expose of the system failing brutally. And the fact that, I mean, you were overseas when this happened, but, you know... You, you you said it, so I'll repeat it, but it's ugly. Like, these kids were your daughter's age. Yeah. And you, as a parent, have to deal with this kind of fear. I don't. And and, and I, um, I can't imagine what it would be like for you to go through this and have to think, like, oh, so you're an armed police officer with a flak jacket and all this, and you stood outside because it was dangerous to go in? Yeah. And I don't... And I, Easy for me to say sitting here. Easy. What? To say, uh, you know, you should have gone in. It's easy for me to say that. It's, I mean, it's got to be a terrifying situation. But that's what you signed up for. That is literally the thing you sign up for. Right? Now, you, you can go to, well, technically police don't have to protect you. And, and technically they're property and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. Because everyone talks about how much they hate pedophiles. Right, everyone is anti-pedophile. You want right. to? Oh, if, if I ever saw a pedophile, I would punch him in the face. I would shoot him. If I ever had to deal with a pedophile, I would kick his ass. Okay, yeah, raping this kids. <laughs> raping kids is really gross, but shooting kids in the fucking head is of the most gross. Yeah. So whatever you would do to a pedophile, I would like to think that you would do even worse to, to a, a person who is murdering children a hundred fucking feet away from you. Right. Or less. You know, right? so it, this isn't hard for me. This isn't hard for me at all to say this. Because I know for a fact that I would run towards that I would run towards a fire. I know for a fact I would save the kid. You know why? Because I've had to fucking do it. Not that long ago. Those guys were fucking shooting at us, and I grabbed that kid, and I snatched his ass up, and we went into the most solid part of a fucking building so that that kid could go home that night. So don't tell me I don't know if, what I would do. I'll tell you what I would do. Because I've done it. I can tell you what I did and I can tell you what I would do because I've fucking done it. And I'm going to tell you that it's a reaction. It should come natural. It should come natural that you would want to fucking save a child's life. Yeah. Or multiple children and... and Right, I, I just, I, to me, to, I, I can't process this. That's the part that I can't process. I, I can't have the gun argument with you. Be, not with you in general, but in general, like people want to talk, oh, well, if you did, look, fuck that. The reality is that, that we have more fucking guns than people. So any fucking law that you put into place is not going to instantly make those guns disappear. And you're not going to go door to door to take guns because there are enough people who feel strongly enough about it. When you show up at their door, they're going to shoot back. And it's only going to take a few of those instances for that whole idea to go the fuck away. And oh, by the way, 
the people that you want to go send to take the guns just showed you that there's a good chance they may not do shit. <laughs> all right? So get, don't give me this bullshit about, oh, well, we need gun control, and that'll stop all this. No, it won't. Unfortunately, the toothpaste is out of the bag. Okay, the toothpaste, you can't get, you can't get all the guns back in, right? You can do it over time, but it is going to take decades, multiple, I mean, it's, it's going to take a hundred years to be able to get the, to, to get us anywhere near where New Zealand, Australia, these European, the places that never had that many guns in the first place, it's going to take us forever to get there. So you got to deal with this shit right now, right? And unfortunately this shit is going to go down. So we have to figure out ways to protect our kids, protect these damn kids. Like you protect the fucking people running their mouths about gun control in Washington, DC. A lot of these people in Washington, D.C., a lot of these congressmen and senators won't go anywhere without two people with guns protecting them. Right, so we got to figure out a better way to protect our kids until we can do something about the guns. Because right, you're, you, you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get the bipartisan support. You're not going to get the gun lobby to give up. You're not going to get people to turn in their guns. You may get one or two people. You know, Some guy on Twitter reached out to David Hogg and said, where can I turn in my AR-15? Okay, you may get... 10 of those people. But the reality is you're not going to get all the guns off the street. You're not going to be able to go in and go door to door and take them from anybody. So you better come up with a plan to protect these kids because rants on Twitter about how it all has to end and all that other shit is no different than fucking thoughts and prayers. Do you have a solution? Because I don't. Like you got to like, okay, my, my solution in this instance was the police to do their job. Well, I mean, all right, so there's two, aspects, there's two aspects of that. Right? Because it's the same fucking thing that happened in Parkland. That's the same fucking thing that happened in Parkland. You had the sheriff that showed up and, and didn't go in the building. Oh, I couldn't figure out how to get in. So, you know, I mean, we just kind of, I don't know. What did you want us to do? You know, so my issue is with the police. All this time, the last, I don't know, four, whenever Kaepernick started his thing. Oh, oh, blue lives matter, thin blue line. You see those flags, thin blue line, because their job's so dangerous, Jim. Their job is so dangerous because they got to have the special flags with the thin blue line because only the brotherhood of police know the danger that they live in every day. Their job is so dangerous, right? Like, like we don't know, we don't understand around every corner. There's someone, there's a boogeyman that's going to jump out with the AK-47 and, and, and these guys live on the edge, Jim. And they run into danger. And those are the guys who run into, they run towards the gunfire. And they run towards the bullets. And they're, they're the ones who keep us from the world falling into chaos. Except when it matters. When it fucking matters. Right? When it's fucking kids' lives. And not just, not just black kids in the hood. Right? Like, we, we're not talking black kids in the hood. Parkland was mostly white kids. Sure. And they fucked it up. You know, I think of all these was, was, was very yeah, little, yeah, yeah, was a little bit more diverse, but still, we still talk about innocent kids. We're not even talking about like gang members in the hood, right? Questionable kids, right? Like, I mean, because you got questionable kids in the hood, like, yeah, whatever. We're not. We're talking. We're, we're talking like we're talking out in the suburbs, in Texas and Florida, two of the right. most shit-talking states when it comes to guns. Everybody in Florida, everybody in Texas is Billy Badass with a gun. Right, everybody down there is, is fucking Doc Holiday 2.0. I bet you all those police talk all sorts of, you know, oh, all the training that they. We know they actually they, they, they their own department tweeted about all the money that they put into training and weapons and resources and all this shit. I guarantee you that they're in Second Amendment groups and on on Instagram and Facebook talking about gun rights and gun rights and got to be out protecting everyone, protect yourself, defend yourself, all that shit. 
So let and, me, then, let me, and then it all comes down. Let me jump into the obvious. The whole Wayne LaPierre, good guy with a gun, bad guy with a gun, just is bullshit. Right? I mean, I mean look, I, I think... It's I, bullshit. No, it's not. Because here's the thing. What the media doesn't tell you are the number of times that something bad is actually stopped from happening because there was a person there with a gun. Right? Like, that's the thing. Like, so the media isn't going to cover that, and they're not going to talk about it, and it happens on a pretty regular basis. So, no, it's not bullshit. There are good people out there with a gun. And, mind you, what stopped this in Uvalde? You know what stopped it? An off-duty fucking Border Patrol agent grabs his vest, grabs his gun, drives right past everybody, walks in, puts a fucking round in that kid's head, over. That's what stopped it. So, okay. yeah, a good guy with a gun actually fucking stopped it. Right, but you had about a dozen of them who could have stopped it away fucking earlier had they had the balls to do what that guy did. Right, so no, it's not bullshit. It's actually what fucking stopped this massacre from being worse. Which, what the problem is is that the guys who were pumped up who were supposed to do it didn't have the fucking dick to do it. That's what happened. Like, so the good guy with the gun, in theory, basically is the thing that solves this problem. <laughs> but. It, it's just that it, it, in this particular the instance, other good he guys was, with guns chose not to be right. good guys with guns. Chose not to be fucking good guys. They were just dickbags with guns. Okay. You right. know, I mean, so now, it, now that doesn't make Wayne LaPierre still trash. Okay. <laughs> right. Thank it's, you for that. I'm not. I'm not picking up for Wayne LaPierre, but don't. But the, but the idea that, like, look, we have too many guns out there. We do. It is what it is. It's proven. Right. We've had multiple mass shootings since then. So if you if y'all motherfuckers can't figure out how to get the guns from anybody, but you telling me that we need less of them, as long as those motherfuckers out there shooting the way they are, I'm going to stay strapped. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to snap and kill anybody. But if I can't, like, listen, e even if I can't, like, I'm going to go out fighting, right? Like, that's just it. Don't fucking sit here and say, oh, you can't take on the government. Well, maybe I can't, but I'm not just going to fucking sit there and take it. Right? Like, I mean, because you, you can only run so far. So at some point, even if I go out, I'm going to go out fucking shooting. Period. If the government decides to turn on us, I am not going to just take it. Right? And I don't think they will. But if they do, right? And then, listen, you, you got people in Ukraine right now fighting with fucking AK-47s. Yeah. Right? And they're doing a pretty damn good job. So don't tell me that you can't fight back against the government. Right? Don't, don't tell me that you can't. It may not be a great fight. And, 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 the, and at the end, the Ukrainians may get completely bowled over. But those motherfuckers are fighting. And I refuse. that If I'm going out, that's how I'm going out. So, no, I'm not giving up shit. So we need to come up with a better plan than what they're talking about on the left and what they're talking about on the right. Like somebody, like we need a common sense solution here and not whatever the discussion is right I, now. I think the, the real thing is the, the red flag laws, right? You can say, well. But we know, have them. We have them. We don't use them. Okay, so, that, so, so use them. the I issue is you need the new, you don't need more laws. You need, you need to, to use the laws you have. Use yes. the process absolutely. Absolutely. Because that kid should have never had a, had a chance to get a gun. That kid should have never had a chance to have a gun. The kid in Buffalo should have never had a chance to have a gun. And in New York, New York, they dropped the ball I don't know how many fucking times. There's no reason. That kid even said before he went in and get the gun that he was going to use it to shoot people in school. And somehow it didn't get from where it got from where it started to where it needed to get to. Like, no, what the fuck? Like, you have, it's New York. You have the law. You're, you're trying to get me to argue with you. I can't. Like, and that's, that's the part where I feel like, like some of this shit is disingenuous. Oh, you have to have a background. Trend. Like, bitch. Well, New York like, just, I, I, I don't, Steve, I don't even, don't even know what happened. I just saw New York 
enacts stricter gun laws as a headline. I'm like, New York has fucked this up on so many levels. As a Buffalonian, grew up in that state, loved that state, loved that city. But when they put the SAFE Act into place, it was one of the dumbest laws ever. Yeah, I mean, you've, t- you've talked about I it have. multiple times. And so I, I guess all I'm saying is like, look, you, you want to talk about like, you know, you have these things happening in places that have really strict gun laws. Sure. Right? I mean, like, I mean, in Chicago, there were like 30 people killed Memorial Day weekend. Right. I mean, like, and so, but Chicago's like, oh, well, they're coming in from other states. Like, okay, so you... Whatever. Like, you know, I mean, like, you, you, you had the shooting back in, uh, that shooting in California, in San Jose, that, remember that couple, uh, the Middle workplace. Eastern couple, yep, yep, and went yep. into a workplace? I, I mean, like, you, you have the, you, these things are happening, and we, we do need better solutions. I think we, I, there are certain things that I think need, to be, we have the laws in place and we just need to execute on them, right? Like, so, you know, because some of the, some, if those things, especially with, you know, like the, the red flag logs and the things that are already in place, you could have say you could have stopped both of these instances from happening, right? And I'm not necessarily opposed to, you know, a mandatory wait time, um, you know, background some sort check. of, you know, like we already have background checks. But they're not administered effectively. They, if, listen, if you, if, like, all right, so my thing is, you know, get rid of gun shows, just get rid of gun shows, or you can't purchase at gun shows, right? Um, like, you can maybe put an order in, but then you have to go to an actual FL, uh, FFL, FFL yeah. um, like, retailer to complete the transaction or something like that. Like, you can close the gun show loophole. I think that that needs to happen. I don't think that you can do anything about interpersonal uh Exchange transactions, transactions okay. um, without making a gun registry, and I don't, I do not agree with the gun registry because they will absolutely fuck that up. Um, like from a government standpoint, they'll absolutely, absolutely fuck up a gun registry, and that's a terrible idea. But I think there are certain things that you could do that would mitigate a lot of this, um, and there are certain things that are already in place, but we have to find better ways to 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 execute them and make sure that they happen. When you say the government will fuck it up, is it because? Of going forward or because of um, there's so many guns out there that are because I no, I, no, no, I, no. I, I do guns. not I don't trust the government to have that level of access See, I, do I, not. Yeah, I just agree with you there because they have they have that access to us having vehicles yeah that's fine but they you in the, there are places where they absolutely abuse that already right we've talked about with civil forfeiture Right, like right. I mean, like so, like and they have completely abused and fucked up civil forfeiture, and it, like they've gone in, and we can actually, and I can make the connection between the two, where they have literally gone into people, uh, people's homes, and they, they've taken homes, they've taken cars, they've taken valuable things, and they literally just use it as a revenue source, right? Like uh, so, right. I, I mean, and this is this is not this is not me, and this is just not my like I've seen it. Like working in Chicago, like they use civil forfeiture. They literally will take your car off the street, off of parking tickets, and they will sell your car. And no matter what your situation is with your car, you're le- like if you still owe money on it, you still owe money on it. You can't say, well, city of Chicago took my car and sold it, so I still don't have to pay the car note that I owe on it. Nope, you still do, right? And you can't file an insurance claim and say that it was stolen because it wasn't. Um, so there, there's and and so if you don't think that a, a, a government registry with weapons won't sort of go down the same path eventually, then you're not paying attention. <laughs> I would love to. Chicago provides so many examples right. I mean, of what but, can I go mean, wrong. But again, no, you're they not do right, the you're same wrong. thing. You're not wrong. They do the same thing in Philly. They do the same thing in New York. They do the same, they do the same in, in Cleveland. Right? Like, I mean, like, so this is, these are all places where we, where right. we have examples right. of it. 
I um, I mean, we can go back and forth on this, but I'm not going to have much of a footing to push back on. And I cannot let our show end without us talking about my buddy, Michael Avenatti. <laughs> well, he... My boy, Michael Avenatti. When, when you lose your moral high ground to Stormy Daniels... That's not fair. Come on. What do you mean it's not fair? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I know you love Stormy. It, no, no, no. It's not that. I mean, I don't think... I don't think Stormy Daniel has bad morals, right? I mean, unless you're equate like if you're like I, I'm not going puritan on you. Well, however, you are. I mean, uh, okay, I, I just fine, I think you got to be careful because you, I mean, because what you're saying you're is because she's rails. a sex because she's a sex worker, she's got bad morals. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm making a joke about. But yes, yes when right? you've been and I just triple I, penetrated on camera, I'm gonna say. <laughs> But it's, I mean, okay. I, I just, I, I don't like to go down the road of giving sex workers a hard time. Um, especially if you're Fair. a person who partakes in the work that they do. That's kind of hypocritical. Uh, I don't part, well, whatever. You don't? I do, do I? Uh, I'm certainly not a sex worker. No, you're not, but you benefit uh, from what they do. I go, let's okay. move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Careful there, Chachki. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm bullying this into your... Right. But in terms of Michael Avenatti, complete scumbag, right? I mean, this is the same guy who tried to fucking blackmail oh, Nike. Nike. <laughs> right? that and, go? got, and just got bowled over. They're just like, are you... They literally <laughs> asked him if he was serious. And then, you know, he didn't quite pick up the signs, and then now he's doing... Now he, so he's been in prison for so, four years. So he's got four years for that. Um, he got... He, he got Another, um, some, some, he got some other charges where they're, they're going to basically run the sentences concurrently, but like that is basically from Stormy Daniels through the time he said he was going to run for president. Like he just went on a tear of horrible decisions, right? As a businessman, <laughs> as a lawyer, across, like, and he as is, a public speaker, <laughs> as he is losing every single loss to Nike, right? Uh, and the federal government lost to Stormy Daniels. He got recorded, right? Like, threatening Nike. Right, like I mean, he's just like the guy's just—he's literally an idiot. Like he's just a complete idiot. I, I, how he got to the level that he got uh, as an uh, what, attorney. What, 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 what is, okay, that was a good thing. I, I just like, I, and what's his degree? And I forget. Yeah, oh. that's. I mean, that's fine. I, I mean, he's a, he's a scumbag lawyer. There's plenty of them. <laughs> um, it's just amazing though that that guy was able to rise to that level of prominence. Um, you have to assume at one point he was maybe a good attorney and then uh, just agreed, just completely I, I, I ruined this, it. I think this falls into the category of what you've said multiple times is you see these people on TV and you assume they're smart and then you dig a little deeper and go, nah. nah. I mean, and with him, you didn't have to dig. <laughs> like, he kept just showing this, you. This story is so great, though. He I just mean, kept throwing it out there. And then, like, if you, if you don't know... Like, you can go and find, I think Washington Post or New York Times did an editorial on Michael Avenatti trying to to uh, to blackmail or whatever, Nike, and, like, if you if you read the transcripts of his calls to them, right, where, I mean, like, it, like it, in some of them it even sounded like, you know, does he know that we're recording him? Like, is he really, you I know? Remember, I remember reading that. It's just, it, it was, it was really, it was really remarkable. Um, I don't feel bad. I hope, you know, I mean, I, I'm, the only thing I'm a little disappointed about is that they're allowing some of the sentences to like run concurrently and not, you know, like just 
serve the four years for Nike, then serve an additional three years for this. Like, just stack him on the guy. Like, he's such what, a scumbag. What, what's really Fuck bad him. is that this does not get nearly the attention that the Amber Heard Johnny Depp story got. I mean, that story. Well, part of it, too, like, I mean, Avenatti's lost a lot of relevance. And so I think a lot of people are, you know, I mean, people don't have the attention span. You know, Heard and, and Johnny Depp was happening in real time. Um, I think that kind of came out the way it should have. I think the jury actually got it right. Um, you know, they, you know, because Johnny Depp was actually suing Amber Heard and she was counter suing. And so they ended up finding Amber Heard liable for like $12 million in defamation. And then they found Johnny Depp liable for $2 million worth. But it was 15 and 3. So it was 12. Or whatever. 12 net. Okay. But the fact that I and, know that is yeah, embarrassing. That's, to me. That's, that's pretty. But, you know, but so what he. It you were on the other side of the world and you heard about it, though. Well, I, I just actually I looked it up. Uh, or, well, I saw something on it because I, I saw that the. Uh, Where the were you? Where were you? Uh, I think I was in Philly. Okay. When I saw it, when so the you verdict were in came a, back. in an awful place, not as bad as. Wait, I, just, I was in the airport and I saw <laughs> that the verdict came back, I think, and, um, and, and saw that they had awarded, you know, both and they had both found them, you know, liable for right. defamation or whatever, which is about right. I, I mean, listen, and, and now the, the thing about it are the people who are saying that, you know, because Amber Heard was found liable, that that is a blow to women in the feminist movement and the Me Too movement. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Amber Heard is the blow to the feminist Me Too movement, right? Because she proved to be a piece of shit. Johnny Depp was also a piece of shit. I think we all knew that, right? But she was really a more abusive piece of shit in that relationship. And she lied about it and then tried to use the feminist Me Too movement to sort of, you know, prop her up as a victim when she wasn't. So your problem shouldn't be with, you know, like if you want to put it on the media coverage, okay, fine. But your problem should be with Amber Heard and how she tried to misuse your movement and your your, your brand for her own personal gain, right? And that's where, you know, just, just defending someone because they fit the category of she's a woman, so we have to defend her at all costs. Like, no, hold her accountable for the piece of shit that she is. Right? Like, I mean, I, you know, it's like people who, you know, like when black people fuck up, like, like, we're, like they're not supposed to be held accountable. Like, there are people who are just like, you're so hard on R. Kelly because he's a fucking child rapist. He should be in jail for the rest of his life. Yes. Like, I don't give a fuck if he had some great songs back in the fucking 90s. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't have any of his music on my catalog. I think the guy is a fucking criminal and he should be in jail. Period. I don't care. Oh, because he's black, I'm supposed to have all this extra support for him? Like, no, that, that, re that removes the legitimacy, especially when you know the person is a bag of shit, right? And she literally shit on Johnny Depp's bed and then tried to blame little dogs, right? Like, they both have these little tiny dogs that have little pellet-sized poop, and she human pooped on his bed and tried to blame it on a tiny dog. Like, what the fuck, you <laughs> psycho? I don't know where to go from there. I truly don't. Let's just go. I'm, just, I'm going home. All right. Thank you for listening. I don't know why you stuck around this long, but thank you for doing so. <laughs> we're out. We're uh, with Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and we're done.